You're listening to She, a podcast for women ready to leave their mark on the world. I'm Nichelle Lawrence. As a wife and mom of four girls, I'm committed to empowering women in life and business while holding space for moms of color navigating pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. In this season, I'm sharing from my book, She, A Sister Girl's Guide to Overcoming Her Past and Pursuing a Limitless Future. Like many women, I accepted only what I was offered, living beneath my gifting and potential until the day I had had enough. I realized that I deserved to live the life that God planned for me, the life that was promised regardless of my past mistakes. And now I show women how to get unstuck by pursuing passions, following dreams, and living beyond limits. I'm here to tell my story. Chapter six, on the run. I remember it like it was yesterday. The moment I found out that my life would no longer be my own. I've been complaining about always being hungry, tired, and thirsty. I'd missed two menstrual cycles without even noticing, figured it was just stress. This particular morning, I woke up as usual, walked to the bathroom, and found a pregnancy test lying on the counter, accompanied by a note from my roommate saying, this is yours. I was positive the result would be negative, but followed through with the process just to make her happy. I peed. I waited. Soon after, I stormed into her bedroom to ask one simple question. How many lines is this thing supposed to have? (laughs) I already knew the answer. Mine only had one, she replied nonchalantly. Shoot, mine has two, I said. Are you kidding me? I'd just run away from home, I mean moved to Atlanta from Michigan, two months prior. I didn't really have a plan. I just knew I was 20 and ready to see the world, so I upped and moved. My family didn't want me to leave in the first place, but I was so desperate for change, I couldn't imagine staying a second longer. I'm sure you remember the story of the Wizard of Oz. Poor Dorothy, unhappy with her circumstances, travels to Oz in hopes of finding a remedy to her issues. I, too, traveled to a land far away. Unsatisfied with my humble life in Michigan, I packed up and moved to Atlanta, Georgia, the land of promise. Just as Dorothy woke up, realizing the whole movie was merely a dream, I was forced to wake up and face my own reality. The first time I visited Atlanta, I looked out of the airplane's window as we were landing and the pavement sparkled. Yes, there were actual silver flecks of glitter in the cement. That was the only sign I needed. It was my faux yellow brick road. That day, I vowed to make Atlanta my home, no matter the cost. A couple months later, I found myself preparing for the big move. I'd applied for jobs and made housing arrangements with friends. I was all set, or so I thought. Who knew that two small pink lines would change my life forever? I called my ex-boyfriend, well baby daddy, to tell him the news, and he was ecstatic. I couldn't believe his excitement, considering I was scared to death. How could someone unemployed, sleeping on the couch at his mama's house, be so excited about having another mouth to feed? I know what you're thinking. If he was so bad, what was I doing with him? Well, let me tell you, low self-esteem and a desire to belong will have you doing some desperate things. It's really easy to act out of character when you don't know your role. While I'm talking about him, though, let me keep it real and let you know that my situation wasn't much better. Working at Target, sleeping on a twin-size mattress in my best friend's family room, while another friend slept on the couch wasn't necessarily anything to write home about. In my defense, we were planning to move into a larger apartment, but the point is, at that particular moment, I had absolutely nothing to offer a child, or anyone else for that matter, and worse yet, had no idea what I was going to do. 
So I did what any other self-respecting, independent, mature, grown woman would have done. I called my daddy. In all honesty, I don't remember much of the conversation. I know that he was hurt and disappointed, but in the midst of my tragic situation, I recall him saying two things that have stuck with me. If anyone can make it through this, you can. And if you want my help, come back home. Even now, I get tears in my eyes thinking about it. It was clear that my only real chance of survival was to get back under the covering of my family. So I began making preparations to return home. The next phone call was to my grandma. Oh, to hear the pain in her voice. I thought y'all had broke up. I was like, yeah, we did a long time ago, but you know how it... But she didn't know. She had no idea. See, she met my grandfather at a young age, and he was her only boyfriend. They married when she was 16, and he's the only man that ever touched her. They had two daughters, my mom and my aunt, both of whom saved themselves from marriage, ages 22 and 29, respectively. Apparently, my genes were defective, or so I thought. Here's the backstory. I met him when I was 18. I just returned home from my first year of college. Things hadn't gone as well as expected or predicted. To be honest, college was never on my to-do list in the first place. Since ninth grade, I've been set on becoming a cosmetologist and began working towards that goal in high school by attending the vocational school half days. My lifelong best friend, bless her heart, convinced me at the last minute to take the ACT college exam with her. I did well, applied to one school, was accepted on a full academic scholarship, and that's the long and short of how I ended up a whole 45 minutes away from home. Immediately after moving on campus, I found a student aid job in the admissions office. I soon realized that I was more interested in going to work than doing homework. It didn't take long to figure out that I would have been better off at home in beauty school. I stuck it out for a full year and hightailed it back home as soon as summer hit. In my family, you either work full-time, go to school full-time, or work and go to school. No exceptions. So since sitting at home surfing the internet wasn't classified as a job, I began working at a local corner store as a cashier. You'd be surprised how many interesting people you meet while selling ice cream, liquor, cigarettes, and lottery tickets. It was July. I remember because it was extremely hot outside. Every other customer ordered ice cream, and that was my least favorite assignment. 24 flavors to choose from. The only thing harder than scooping from the large cold tub of frozen deliciousness was helping a customer decide on their flavor of the day. Just pick one, I wanted to scream. Yep, I was miserable. This particular day was pretty normal, nothing out of the ordinary to speak of. I punched in as usual and began my duties as a cashier and full-time ice cream slave. I watched the customers come in and then float off on their merry way to enjoy the weather. But right before my shift was over, he walked in. We began dating shortly after this impromptu meeting. Simple trips to the park or to the food court in the mall. He was different than any other guy I'd ever come in contact with. I met his mom. He met my parents and grandparents. He visited church with us once or twice. All was well with the world, or so it seemed. I never thought to question why we rarely talked on the phone or only hung out during the day. Never went to the movies together or any of that other good stuff normal couples do. It didn't seem strange that he never asked me to be his girlfriend. He called me one day after we'd been seeing each other for a couple months and told me I was his woman. I had no objections. There were at least three red flags in this paragraph alone. I chose to ignore every last one of them. As tempting as it is to continue on with the lowdown on the holdown I caught love, those details are irrelevant. 
Transparency isn't about blaming others for foolish decisions. It's about taking responsibility for your own actions and choosing to overcome. Bottom line is, I lost myself in a relationship I had no business being in in the first place. When I finally came to this realization, it was much too late to simply walk, skip, or run away. I came to a point where I was looking for the girl I used to be, only to find that she was long gone. I had put on so many masks in an attempt to find my true identity that I became unrecognizable to myself. I looked in the mirror and hated the person I saw and despised the self-created monster I had become. I was tired. Tired of pretending, tired of compromising, tired of being talked down to and criticized, tired of going out of my way to fit in, and tired of being physically used, mentally abused, and mistreated. I needed a way out. One day, while driving home from work, I began to wonder, how fast would I need to be going to crash into a building and kill myself instantly? I'd never thought about suicide before, but that day, it was the best option I could think of. I drove a couple blocks, contemplating my own demise, when suddenly I came to the realization that there was a chance I had survived the crash if calculated incorrectly, and math had never been my strong suit. I imagined myself lying in the hospital in a full-body cast, wondering what I would tell my family. I couldn't imagine explaining to them that I'd attempted suicide because I wanted to get away from myself. It hurt my heart to think of the grief my untimely death would cause, so I put it out of my mind. I sped home that day, ran to the bathroom, and began to cry. Before I knew it, I grabbed the clippers stored under the bathroom sink and shaved my head bald. Some may consider this bold step image suicide, but it was what I thought I needed to begin my journey to self-discovery. Unfortunately, much like Girlfriend at the Well, I was attempting to fix a spiritual problem naturally. It never works. I may have looked different, but I was still the same weak-minded, flesh-driven, immature, insecure little girl that I was the day before. In result, I eventually did what most immature, insecure little girls do. I ran. Have you ever tried running from yourself? Like a dog chasing its own tail, this process is exhausting and absolutely pointless. I traveled 784 miles looking for a way out. Atlanta was supposed to be my promised land. In reality, though, it wasn't any better than the life I'd left. Oh, sure, I could go wherever I wanted and return home at any time, but I found that it was hard for me to hang out late and enjoy the nightlife. I couldn't drink and smoke like everybody else. I talked a good game, but as done as I was with God, he was only just beginning with me. You've been listening to She, A Sister Girl's Guide to Overcoming Her Past and Pursuing a Limitless Future. If you'd like to learn more about the work that I do or contribute to future episodes, please visit nichelle.com. And of course, for daily inspiration, follow me on Instagram at Nichelle Lawrence. More than anything, know that I'm cheering you on. I believe that everyone has a story and I can't wait to connect with you to hear yours. Until next time.